And welcome in to another edition of 30 Rack of Sports. It's Monday, November 15th. That was a wild weekend of sports stateside, guys. A lot going on from uh, college basketball, the Cavs, big U.S. men's national team game at the new stadium in Cincinnati. Um, some big wins for the Ohio teams, and uh, I think both NFL teams anything about any NFL teams. Just going to gloss right Not at all. False. Gloss right Only one of them was on a bye week. Both of them played like they were on bye week. (laughs) Fair enough. So uh, we've got a big show today. Uh, Giving you a little insight. Some interesting things going on in baseball. Potential lockouts coming uh, beginning next month. So we're going to get you all set on that. Um, Also talking the first week of college basketball. Some standouts. And then... Talking the NBA team in Ohio, the Cavs out to a fast start. Right now, looking in the playoff picture, will they stay there? But probably the weirdest thing from this show is this beer that uh, Zach and I are going to enjoy. Um, it has a, a little story associated with it, so we'll get to that. Um, and we'll also get to why Josh will not be joining us in uh, drinking this beer. He'll be enjoying his own beverage Uh Per the results of the Browns Bengals game from uh, from a week back, so uh, to get into our introductions, um, to my right is a guy who's really got to be on the top of the world with how last weekend went. Yeah, I mean, all his teams went in looking really good, but let's just hope he can stay mature and not horse around too much. It's Zach. Zach, how we doing? Horse around. Is that supposed to be a ding? Yeah. On and in what relation? Uh, Aaron Rodgers taking horse pills. <laughs> it was Invermectin, wasn't it? Yeah. I don't know. Is that horse pills? Oh that's yeah, horse it's for the horse, yeah. Yeah. yes. Uh, dewormer. Yeah, horse that's dewormer. dewormer. Yeah. Wonder what came out. <laughs> no. Okay. Any I'm any doing good. any love <laughs> that he had for his family? I don't know. Probably cheese. Probably there. cheese. Yeah. You know, I, didn't see I don't know any whatever whatever weird things. Uh, What's up with what does dewormer do to? to Pretty a sure human? it deworms a horse. I I know what it does. <laughs> I'm saying, what does that do to a human? I, know, I imagine doesn't the worms come out the? I know a number of people have been hospitalized for oh, the yeah. worms. So I I have no idea. But uh, he's been immunized. All he's right? been immunized. That's all you gotta know. He didn't mislead anybody. Just like I never mislead anybody on this show. Oh, never. Right. Never. Man uh, of integrity. <laughs> uh, the voice to my left, guy on the ones and twos, who's got to be feeling really relaxed and refreshed after a nice weekend of not having to watch the Bengals play. Had to be a nice weekend, Josh. I, do, I don't feel any of those things. Uh, I have hardly we know to watch you work, any you sports this week. <laughs> yeah, swamped in life right now. This is going to be a big Zach Gregg episode. I'm strictly here on the ones and twos and to pay... My bet, a real man of integrity, unlike the man across the table over there who just claims these, these false, false, what? false narratives. I've paid up all my. I've only had to pay one bet up, and I paid it up. I, I said last week I needed, I needed a week. I couldn't do it twice in a row. But guys, I mean, we're we're graced with a, a rarity here today. Oh which we'll yeah. We'll get to in the beer of the week, and we'll get to that in a little bit here. And then my name up front. My name's Greg. I'm. Back to being a normal Browns fan. To feel pain is to exist. So nice to see the Browns after 
laying a nice stinker. We're back. We're back into it. Fire everybody. Get rid of the quarterback. It's nice to know some things never Whoa. change. Oh, we getting into that? Woo. Oh no, that's just what I've been hearing. Uh, oh, no, we'll get to that. Uh, we'll, I thought we'll, that, we'll that, those were your thoughts. I was we'll dig into that. Now, I mean, Andy Dalton was a better quarterback, honestly. <laughs> yes, Andy Dalton. Dandy, Didn't he beat Andy. the Bengals this year? He did. That's what I'm saying. Okay. I was just wondering. All right. Well, guys, I think it's time to get into our beer of the week. But first, let's recap the week with some headlines. It was a wild weekend of sports in the state with all the fun starting on Friday. Friday night, the Bearcats were in Tampa to take on the USF Bulls. 31 unanswered points between the first and third quarters helped the Bearcats to take full control but they did have to stave off a late charge by USF before finishing off the game for a 45-27 victory. QB Desmond Ritter made big news putting his name in the UC record book as his two-touchdown performance got him to 79 passing touchdowns and passed former UC great and current quarterback coach Gino Gadulli for the all-time UC record. The Bearcats sit at 10-0 but await their toughest in-conference test of the season, as the 8-2 SMU Mustangs head to Nippert on Saturday. Saturday had some more wild college football action as the Buckeyes played host to Purdue, looking to play spoiler makers for the third time this year versus a top four team. Not going to happen. The Buckeyes made sure early that there was no chance of that, putting up 45 points in the first half and cruising to a 59-31 victory. Quarterback C.J. Stroud had yet another five-touchdown game to lead his team to victory. The number four Buckeyes round into the home stretch with two difficult games versus the state up north, starting with a trip to East Lansing to take on number seven Michigan State on Saturday. Sunday was a bye week for the Bengals as they prepare for the second half of the season. And honestly, it looked like the Browns thought they had one too. Laying an egg in New England and falling 45-7 to to the Patriots, with both Chubb and Hunt out again, Ernest Johnson filled in admirably with 99 rush yards, but the pass game and defense doomed the Browns as Baker Mayfield was just 11 for 21 with 73 yards, one touchdown, one interception before leaving in the third quarter due to an apparent knee injury, but he's expected to be available next week. The Browns now sit at 5-5, five and five, last in the AFC North, but we'll get a chance to get back on track next week versus the 0-9-1 Detroit Lions. The Bengals come off their bye at 5-4, and four, looking to get back in the win column Sunday in Las Vegas. Outside of football, it was a huge weekend in the state, headlined by the USA-Mexico match in Cincinnati at TQ- TQL Stadium. The red, white, and blue were able to stay in the game in the first half thanks to some wonderful saves by former crew goalkeeper Zach Steffen before a pair of second-half goals by Christian Pulisic and Weston McKinney got the U.S. that dosasero result and top spot in the qualifying yes, group at the midway point. On to the court, we had our first week of college basketball headlined by Ohio State surviving two scares from Akron and Niagara, UC opening up the West Miller era with two wins over Evansville and Georgia, and MAC teams showing their strength with opening game victories by Ohio over OVC heavyweight Belmont and the Red Hawks of Miami, Ohio, shocking Georgia Tech and Atlanta. On the pro side, the Cavs put together a 2-1 week 
including a 19-point comeback versus Boston to get to 9-5 and five in the season. Currently are the four seed in the East. Look out, guys. And finally, onto the ice. The Jackets return this weekend after a six-day layoff. Pretty sluggish, dropping both their home games to Washington and the New York Rangers to fall to 7-5 and five on the season. Guys, those are your OH headlines. For our beer of the week this week, I would say we're going to Ohio. I would say we're going to it was in Gahanna, Gahanna, Ohio, where it is uh, where it's packaged, brewed and packaged. But really, we're going to nowhere in particular. That's the name of the brewery. Nowhere in particulars. The juice down under. It is in Australian style double IPA. Uh, it is. A 9% double IPA, so Zach and I are going to be feeling good by the end of this show. Uh, brewed with Galaxy, Topaz, and Enigma hops. Uh, this is kind of a different brewery. Not really as much of a brewery as far as kind of a nomad that brews. Well, he's a different. hobo. It's self-described. It's a self-described hobo who uh, moves around brewing in different areas. This was his brewery that he did, or brewing that he did in Gahanna, Ohio, and it is there the juice down under. So if you take a look at like the website, makes a lot of different beers, and his batches usually will make a beer when he goes from brewery to brewery. So this is um, one of his more recent brews, and uh, taking a look at it, it's got that nice kind of you know orange, dark orange color, kind of like a New England IPA color. Yeah, almost. But, uh... Reminds me, not that in this taste, but kind of like a, a blue moon kind of color to it. Yeah, that kind it of does wheat. have that. It's yeah. very much hazy, mm-hmm. no, not see-through at all. The one thing that you notice is it's certainly 9%. Oh, yeah. It, it comes at you heavy, and it almost, takes a, <laughs> it almost takes a sip or two to kind of get the actual taste because you have to realize it's going to punch you in the face as soon as you try it. But, I mean, it's got... Really nice hops to it. Oh, it's yeah. a very smooth beer. It's it's, a, it's very good. A if nice you like crisp finish at the end there, yeah. If you like that uh, that heavy IPA taste, which we do here, which yeah, <laughs> as as we've shown time and time again by by having our IPAs, certainly a style we all enjoy. But this one, you know, does kind of kick it up a notch. Certainly one that if you're going somewhere. Maybe limit your enjoyment. Yeah, with it being nine percent, but a very, very good beer, and one that if you like that kind of slightly heavier taste and especially hoppier taste, mm-hmm. this is a great beer for that. You got that little juicy taste at the beginning too, which is nice. Then it filters in and nice crisp finish. All in all, it's a nicely constructed beer. What are you looking at? What is an Australian IPA? <clears throat> oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, so an Australian IPA is defined by the Australian hops. So the Eclipse hop or Vic secret, it says, these are not those hops, but it creates some citrus notes, orange and mandarin, some tropical fruit flavors. So you can, uh, certainly get that heavy or that citrusy flavor. And then it's. Uh, very hot forward, so it's usually got higher ABV. I mean, mm-hmm. these you know you think it's six and a half, seven percent. 
So with a double IPA, you can see why you can get to 9% real quick. Yeah, it's very summer beer. It's very hitchhiking along the highway in 90 degree heat kind of beer. Oh yeah, for sure. So uh, a great beer by them. We'll be talking about uh, Nowhere in particular a little bit later too, but Josh has been kind of quiet. He has been quiet. Josh, what are you doing down there? Uh, that is because he is not enjoying our uh, Australian double IPA. Josh, what brew are you enjoying <laughs> on this wonderful Monday night? Gentlemen, I am drinking a King Cobra premium ooh, ooh, ooh. malt liquor uh, since I lost the bet once more. Uh, so that's uh, 40 ounces of another malt well, liquor. That's 50 and, ounces. Uh, well, yes, yes. <laughs> that, thank you, Zach. Thank you. <laughs> You've pointed out correctly that we have the King Cobra, the big one, as it's called. <laughs> the big one. The big one. Um, 6% alcohol by volume. And again, that's uh, 25 fluid ounces is the volume there. Not 24 ounces. What, uh, would, that, would that set you back? Uh, uh, so Greg, so actually i picked up some for myself so we got one in uh, the cobra for the next loser uh my challenger the browns fan who won this bet greg he how spent nice of him a whole 99 cents <laughs> per 25 fluid ounces wow two two dollars and 11 cents with tax. And mind with you the tax. mind you that's a premium malt liquor it's smooth premium. taste i don't know about is that, it the elixir but, of kings does this name would imply? I think I've only had King Cobra one other time in my life, uh, and it, it's, I can understand why. <laughs> it's got a bite to it. It's maybe that's why, they, it's, maybe so that's why they call the it that. It's, yeah, they put the little Cobra on there. Definitely a bite to it. That looks good, that beer. It looks thick. It, it's, it's, it's a, du- it's thick, it is thick. a double it's IPA thick. there, so you guys enjoy that. The oh, juice down under. We will. I'll so, be hanging uh, with the king. Once here. again, for those of you that, that haven't uh, listened as much, thank you so much for tuning in. But uh, for big matchups between teams that, uh, you know, a couple of us may enjoy, we have 40 bets. So if, uh, in this case, I'm a Browns fan, Josh is a Bengals fan, Browns-Bengals game, we do the 40 bet. Uh, Browns came up victorious. So for one of our shows... Instead of enjoying uh, the wonderful beer, the wonderful Ohio beer that we have picked up, you get to enjoy a nice, usually premium. Josh is an over right liquor. now for football season, too. Is the yeah, I'm, luckily rough. for us this year, my Packers get to play both teams. And yeah, Josh, uh, oh for two so far. Oh for two right, on yeah. five missed field goal day there. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> the, so three the Packers of, tried to give it to you. They wanted me to drink to a forty and. For those of you wondering, this is why we had it. to spread it out. Is because the Bengals <laughs> let me down too many times consecutively, and we care about my liver. Mm, mm, just a little, a little bit. bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. But uh, there you have it. Our beer of the week. Not actually King Cobra. That's just for Josh. Our beer of the week. Nowhere in particulars. The juice down under. Guys, for our first segment, we're opening up the crystal ball, trying to figure out whether or not we're going to get some bad news here coming about a month or so um, in well, Major League Baseball. Less than a month, just a couple weeks, yeah. yeah. Uh, so right now for Major League Baseball, the uh, current 
CBA collective bargaining agreement between uh, Major League Baseball and the MLB Players Association is set to end uh, December 1st at 11.59.59, which would put the MLB into a lockout situation. Uh, lockouts are becoming, I guess, commonplace in, in some sports. NFL, you've seen them, you know, miss some like training camps and stuff, not really anything with games. Basketball, they had the one year that they, you know, started at Christmas. Uh, hockey lost a whole season and then another half season like seven years later. Um, in baseball, the actual last lockout was in 1990 and there were no games lost. Um, but there have been, since the first CBA in 1968, there have been eight work stoppages uh, with only three resulting in the cancellation of games, all strikes. Uh, most recent one was a the 94-95 strike, which canceled 938 games, including the entire 94 World Series. There was also a 13-day strike in 1972, which canceled 86 games and kind of had some uneven parts. And then Reds fans are familiar with the 1981 strike, I canceled 713 games between June 12th and July 31st. And there was this weird first half, second half record that kept the Reds out of the playoffs. Uh, for people who aren't super up to speed with what a CBA is in major sports, more or less it's a deal between a league and its players union or players association discussing various terms of employment. You get salaries, entry draft status, uh, arbitration, salary cap, luxury tax, uh, schedules, practice times, how long a season is, and then other stuff like drug testing, penalty for you know breaking rules, and stuff like that. So right now, uh, there are some issues, obviously some uh, some distance between the owners and the players. Uh, with you know, obviously, twenty twenty was tough. Um, owners losing money, players getting you know, salaries slashed last couple of years. Uh, some payrolls have been going down. Average salaries have been going down and there's kind of been an issue. Uh, the biggest issue right now is arbitration, which is basically after three years of service time, uh, players get a chance to negotiate their salary for the next two to three years before they hit free agency or sign an extension. Uh, this is basically based on stats players and clubs negotiate and if they miss the deadline then they both say hey i should make this much the team says hey yep. you should make this much goes to uh, a judge or an arbiter who says all right you're making this much uh the mlb wants to overhaul this system and instead do a full six-year system uh with a formula agreed upon by both sides which includes like f war and then bonuses for all M mlb and whatnot but it would give players they wouldn't have any negotiating power until yeah six years of service which for a lot of guys is maybe into their 30s that's a crazy amount so given a lot of these you know a pretty big intro to this zach first off i guess just based on where the league is now i mean how devastating would it actually be to have games missed because of a lockout at this point oh terribly devastating um i think we all remember well we're all young but most people remember you know the the 94 uh strike and how i mean that was that was very much devastating um what really brought that back was well the now tainted 
98 chase for uh, Roger Maris. That really brought it back. Up to that point, they were struggling. They were in a lot of trouble. And now you've got the rise of MLS. Um, hockey in some areas has become more popular. Especially um, with it being back on ESPN. Exactly. Yeah. And so um, you're you're competing with other teams. And, you know, obviously baseball's fallen behind, well, the NFL for quite some time. But, you know, bat, you know NBA as well over the last couple of decades. Um, but, you know, they're fine financially. But, you know... I, you know, you're having a hard time connecting with younger fans. I mean, I mean, I'm a baseball guy all the way, but there's not many of us. Um, and you're going to continue to struggle with that if you miss any time. You know, especially after the messy 2020 season, those negotiations were messy just to get that going. And um, obviously, with a lot of bad publicity, has come out of for various things that are out of teams and players' control. So, um, you know, they they can't miss any games, in my opinion. Yeah, and I mean, you look at, you know, basketball it wasn't it wasn't a huge, damning thing, but you look at like a sport, like hockey. They lost they lost the whole year, oh, had to was... redo a bunch of their contracts. Basically, the only, you know, station aside of like I think for two months, NBC would show like a game a week, on NBC. It was just Versus or your local team, and Versus yeah. at that point was a premium cable channel. Not a whole lot of people were watching it. You know, I remember watching a decent amount of hockey and then just not watching hockey much anymore after, you know, 2005, probably until 2010 or 11 or something. until right. you started to get access to NBC sports and whatnot. But, you know, I think you're right. First off, with the younger generation, I think, especially with how 2020 went just in general, when you don't have something that you normally watch, you know, when sports were gone or, you know, new TV was all gone. People found ways to watch stuff like, you know, there's so many options, Netflix, Hulu, all that stuff. People found entertainment things to, you know, to work on. And I think, you know, with some sports, soccer doesn't have the world cup during the summer, which I think is kind of a miss, but you know, if, if baseball is not playing early next, maybe people are going to start watching MLS. People are going to start watching, you know, this or that. Oh and, yeah, I mean big time. I mean that's <clears throat> got these other sports coming up behind you here, and I don't know that baseball will be able to fend them off forever. But that that move of MLS really growing in America that's that's real. That's very real. And they 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 cut across you know football and basketball. There's a little overlap with baseball, but not a ton. But that that overlaps a lot, pretty much directly with your sport, and that's yeah. that's a big deal. Well, and I think this year especially you saw like the rise of things like John Boy Media and his whole thing. And I think there's more things out there like that, kind of driven by his movement, that have really attracted a lot of new fans mm-hmm. or have converted those casual fans into diehard fans now. And so I think now more than ever, there, or at least in art generation, there are new baseball fans or new hardcore baseball fans and to put on that presentation this year that you would lock stuff out and create more drama that some fans might some new fans might already have been on the fence about with the way the players and yeah owners have handled business in the past with things like the uh pandemic and all so i think things are quite risky right now for baseball because you already have the fan everyone always worries about all oh, how can we how can we get the younger fans into baseball right now? And I think right now you have more new fans than ever, and you're going to show them this. 
I mean, yeah, risky, you're right. That risky and, business, and that's still a small amount. I think. I mean, you know, the overall baseball oh, does sure, not. Yeah. You know, that's that's kind of outside sources building the game. But I mean, baseball's historically, especially the last twenty years, done a terrible job marketing their superstars. You know, I mean, no one, maybe Otani, because he's such a weird, yeah, situation. But most most. Regular people, you could say LeBron James. Everybody knows LeBron James. I mean, you could go pretty down far list. Kevin Durant. People have heard of Kevin Durant. You know yeah, what I mean? I mean if you, uh, if you Tom ask, Brady, Aaron Rodgers. But if you ask a random person who even Mike Trout is, um, I bet, you know, I mean, it'd be way low. Yeah. You know, if, I mean, if it's you insane. ask that I mean, younger the, generation, the Mickey like that, Mantle of this generation, it's insane. Yeah. The, the 10 to 12 year old, you know, kind of that coming into liking sports, you know, being able to, I guess, kind of make. Some this you know, hey, I want to go to a baseball game, or I'm gonna, you right. know, I want to do this. Starting to have those thoughts. Many of them, you know, out. If you, if you ask a kid in Cincinnati, maybe they'll, maybe they'll know who Otani is. Maybe they'll know who like Joey Votto is. You know, you ask a kid in Cleveland, maybe they'll know who, you know, Lindor is or something. Or Ramirez, maybe. But yeah. You ask them, you know, who. You know, I mean, Aaron Judge plays for the Yankees, so maybe. But you ask, you know, you ask them some bigger players that play, and you know. Jose Abreu, Freddie Freeman, and stuff like oh, that. Oh, nobody it's like, knows who yeah. Freddie Freeman is. Come on. No, I know. I agree. Yeah, I mean, probably in Atlanta, most people don't even know who Freddie Freeman is. I mean, yeah, they can't They can't afford it. They're, they've already done a bad job. And for the players' sake, I, this is one you're hearing a lot of people even on the fence on the players. I mean, a lot of people are kind of, I think I'm in that camp now, too, where I normally am always against the owners, but I think, I think the players have some good points, but... Still real hard to get people on your side. You you've seen that even with NFL lockout and some of the other, you know, labor disputes in other sports where fans are moving more towards the middle that we don't care what either of you guys think and we're just gonna tell you to go F off. You know what I mean? Because Yeah, play just play. All the other you guys yeah. make all of you make plenty of money. I'm not yeah. saying that's you know, that they don't have a right to negotiate, but how this is bloody. This is yeah, all the reports coming out from the insiders say this is the worst they've seen it in years. You know, as far as players and owners just don't even want to talk to each other. Yeah, because I mean, one of the last big lockouts was because of you know the MLB trying to institute that salary cap. You know, that was part of it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, when you're in this area where you don't have that set amount of spending, you have owners trying to spend less, players wanting to make more. You know, um, owners, you know, people trying to take every advantage, whether it's service time manipulation and whatnot. Um, Those are such complex issues, too. Yeah. I mean, service time, you hear complaints about the the tanking. I, I don't yeah. know. That's. I mean, I'm all for a salary floor, but then you heard players and agents come out, and they're probably right, but some convoluted way that opens the door for like a salary cap down the road and they don't want that. And it's like, well, I don't really know yeah, what outside do you of want? a salary floor what you can really do. Right. And eventually you have to like... I mean, the owners brought that to the table and said, we're willing to discuss a salary floor. Now, I think there was a little bit lowering of the luxury tax involved with that as well. See, exactly. Like there's always... And I, I know. Yeah. I get what you're saying. I mean, here's my point. Everybody's going to have to... Somebody's going to have to give, or both sides need right. to basically... Yeah, like you and I understand yeah. that there will have to be a compromise. Oh, yeah. But yeah. you and I aren't making that kind <laughs> no, of No, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. I wish we were. And you got to realize, you know, at the end of the day, the owners are going to lose a, a bunch of money, and the players are going to lose less money, but they're going to lose 
more of their earning power because you're only yeah. a major league baseball player for so long. You know, your body only holds up for so long. Yeah. So unless you're Julio Franco, and I mean, then I think play forever, for but. years, Major League Baseball's union, even still now, you would say is probably by far the strongest union in all of sports. But I know players are still upset about the last CBA. The owners kind of finally took them a little bit in the last CBA, and I think the players realize, oh no, the power is shifting, and I think that's why the players are so dug in. So like, we have to take back and get more. Um, <clears throat> and they just, man, you want that earning power. Or for future agreements, you cannot have any kind of extensive strike, lockout where you're missing games. I mean, maybe, yeah. I mean, I'd even give you, they could get to, they could even push the season back a little bit or cut some games, maybe. But if you're getting into, you know, almost where they were in the pandemic, you're getting into like June and July, you're, uh. you're, you're done. You're done. People are going to, you know, I mean, you look out, yeah, people are just not going to take it. So I, I guess then kind of trying to wrap up this segment, I guess if you take a look at the, I would say the four scenarios of when you would get baseball back. One would be maybe they get locked out for, you know, a couple of days a week or something. And the, the lockout kind of spurs things along and they come yeah. back by Christmas. The second one is... So you're given no chance December 2nd that they just reach a new deal oh, surprisingly. Okay. yeah well i was gonna say either right away or within the month of okay. like yeah yeah so Soon. right 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 away beforehand not or noticeable. right away not yeah noticeable. not noticeable to the point where it's like maybe winter meetings are monthly or something like that but not really noticeable especially with how free agency has gone recently mm -hmm. uh two would be right before spring train you know a lot of gms are saying they're expecting you know february 1st to 15th being that being that golden area. Yeah, that's... Third would be sometime, you know, before the season starts spring training, maybe a slight delay of the season or an abbreviated spring training. And then four would be, just as you said, starting to miss games and it affecting mm -hmm. the future. Yeah. So out of those outcomes, which one would you say is most likely? Uh, <clears throat> I'm optimistic to the extent, maybe I'm over... Over optimistic. I, I'm I'm thinking mid January. I think it's gonna be a little bit before because I think the owners not so much. The owners got all the leverage here. I think if the owners in, in any way, even if it's kind of for show, like with the salary floor, some kind of half, you know, a couple. We'll give you a couple things, right? We'll give you a couple things you want. Um, I I could see the player. You start getting into mid January, and then there's the uncertainty, right? I mean, because even guys under contract. They're not get. I mean, they don't get. They don't get paid till the season, obviously. But even still, you're not. You know, that contract doesn't hold up if you know you're not playing a lot. Of game. You don't get that money. I think. I think players nowadays are that uncertainty would really. I think guys would start caving. Yeah. You know, it might be one guy and then a couple more and then a couple more and all of a sudden the, the union's like, screw it, let's let's get yeah. something done. I mean, because yeah, if you're waiting, you've seen that in a lot of other sports too. Yeah, they'll they'll cave. I think, and I think there'll there'll be a lot of harassment from fans too. I mean, there's gonna be a lot of pressure on both sides. I mean, it'll, it'll go both ways, but I think I'm hopeful, and I think mid January. Josh, what about you? Uh, I think it'll get done sooner than that because I think when you look at the free agency market, I just don't see. I, I, I see things getting pretty messy pretty quick just because there's a yeah. lot of high-profile free agents, a lot of them. 
Well, that's um, a good point. I mean, you bring up and, a good point. And I just see a lot of those guys. Those guys want to get their money. Very, and they yeah, have right. sway. Well, and teams will yeah. want to get that money. Right, because yeah. like we saw last year. Last year we saw like, a, you know, no one wanted to move money because of the pandemic the previous year and because of the worry of this happening this year. Mm-hmm. So now you've got all these high-profile free agents out there and those guys are going to want their money and the market's going to be dead for teams to do anything until you start to see those pieces fall into place. So I think things might get nasty pretty quick, but maybe that pushes things along a little little faster and some of these high-profile free agents, some of these big teams like the Yankees that are going to be going after guys. A couple of those guys move and push everybody else along there. Everybody going to follow. That's a good point. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, My thought is... Gray's gonna go bad case scenario. He's gonna he's gonna say no, there's gonna be I'm, no season. I'm actually gonna say uh, that early February area, and I think yeah, I I kind of have a, a mishmash of what both of you guys think. Yeah. And I think first off, I think it's gonna get real ugly during December. Oh. I think January things start to cool off a little bit, and there starts to be some progress. And then I think by February, you're gonna have the players realize we you know you most of them lost you know. 50 plus percentage of their salary two years ago. Yeah. Owners lost a ton of money two years ago. And I think they real they, they already have the financial implications right there. Mm-hmm. And I think at some point, you know, the owners are going to take a step back. The players union is going to take a step back. Maybe there's just kind of a weird agreement to keep things kind of going for five years. But I think by the time, by the time the players report, I would say maybe first or second week of February, something gets done. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, Rob Manfred and Tony Clark need to be the adults in the room here and need to kind of remind everybody. Nobody gets... Because there's a lot of bad blood between the owners and the individual players. But I mean, th- those two guys need to round up their people. Like, we got to negotiate in good faith. We're going to have to give up some stuff to get some stuff and vice versa. And we got to make yeah. this work. And I, I think that's a great point, too. You know, there's a lot of individual bad blood. This guy tried to screw me over with a contract. This guy, you know, tried to do this to me as a Service time manipulation was, yeah. is a big one that a Service. lot of guys, Chris Bryant, certain guys are, you know, understandably so. Yeah. I don't know what they do to fix that, but they got to find something. So uh, we'll be uh, keeping our eye on that as this... Uh, Stoppage finally comes to a head here in just a few weeks, and uh, we'll be sure to to track it, and hopefully soon enough not have to worry about a CBA and be talking more about the MLB hot stove on 30 Rack. Are you keeping up with what's going on? The Juice Down Under is a 9% Australian-style Double IPA with Galaxy, Topaz, and Enigma hops. If you're looking for a good place to camp in good water, look no further. Very nice. Do we have anything to read on this can? Let me see if I can find something. Hey, who brews Cobra? Is that is that my King Cobra back? Uh, Uh, No, because no, it's Anheuser Busch. uh, Yeah, Miller's. uh, Yeah, they're 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 Magnum. Magnum, yeah. Let me see. Uh, I'm going to be see a pro at all these small liquors a, by, the end, by the time we're done with of, this uh, podcast. King Cobra. Well, once again, want to give a shout out to Nowhere in particular, the Juice Down Under. Uh, 
I'm not. Is their main logo? It's like a weird squiggly with the OXO under it. I don't know if that's supposed to mean something in some sort of. Oh uh, yeah, I was wondering about that. It kind of looks like a guy with two eyeballs and a really furry unibrow. <laughs> kind of, yeah. And then Here's... they've also got a uh, their actual logo. It looks like a coin with like a skull on it that says nowhere in particular. Someone untapped for uh, we'll get, get some kink. Remember we did oh, that. Some yeah. good reviews. Uh, yes, I'm I'm so interested. Here's a good one. This is not really funny. This is just like a perfect uh, no, <laughs> description. Like guy, yeah. Trip down memory lane to my college days. It's one of the better 40s out there. Gets the job done. <laughs> Gets the job done. It's it's um uh, it's crisp. Does it get the job done? Oh, like oh, under <laughs> underrated and know. smooth as silk. This person gave it four and a half. Smooth as silk. Cent. I would have to strongly disagree with that. I bet your you guys' think it's beer smoother than. Oh. I bet your guys' beer is very smooth. This is smooth. Double IPA. It's nice. Yeah, it's It's nice. It's very crisp. From nowhere in particular. From nowhere in particular. Exactly. It's a nice, heavy double IPA, but very crisp. As we mentioned with the Australian IPA, it's the heavy alcohol, (laughs) but also the nice citrus notes. Uh, Let's see. I'm looking. I'm on on Beer Advocate here. Let's see what we can find on Beer Advocate. Oh, no. He's gone down the cobra? he's gone down the King yeah. Cobra. Uh, <laughs> I bet there's some good ones. In Inoffensive there. as far as malt liquors go. I don't know about that. Oh, here we go. This guy gave it a five out of five. J Cole underscore the legend from Cal- California. Love that guy. Uh, me and the boys with an I slammed down Bink Bobras. <laughs> this beer has. <laughs> This beer has the power to truly bring friends together with its great price, great taste, and overall great look. When you drink this beer, it isn't just drinking a typical beer. It's a bonding experience between you and your boys. boys. It saddens me that I can never order this at a bar, and what hurts the most is the look that a bartender gives you when you try to order it. <laughs> Uh, but she doesn't understand the true complexity this beer has, but it doesn't matter when you're slamming down Bing Bobra with your boys because that is what truly matters. That's uh, uh they should, wow, that's, that's, that's a write up right there. That's, that's a review if I've ever up. seen. Um, 40 ounce bottle pours into Pilsner <laughs> glass, pours Pils. like apple juice as far as color goes. <laughs> It has a decent head, not overwhelming. <laughs> Doesn't lat long. I don't know if that's supposed to be last. Someone <laughs> get these men, men an editor. So some lacing as you swirl, but not a lot. Aroma is meh. Aroma First is glass was terrible. Second glass isn't quite so bad. <laughs> I smelled corn. Maybe some cooked vegetables. You know, I will say maybe a little bread in it. Some cooked vegetables. Bubble gum. I'm not impressed. <laughs> it has less of an aroma than, say, Budweiser. I was going to say, Taste it does smell very sweet. corny. There's, there's, you definitely get the corn in there. Again. Offsetting by the premium malt. First glass, not so good. Second glass isn't quite so terrible. It's stout, but pretty smooth. It's pretty strong. I'm not sure about taste. Mouthfeel is very mixed. First <laughs> glass, it made my mouth numb. Second glass, <laughs> mouth went numb again. <laughs> But not so much. You should stop drinking. It's smooth, but that's about all. Hey, guys, we're about halfway there on my uh, my King Cobra. 
the big one. Overall, you should probably drink it straight from the bottle. The more <laughs> I drink it, the more I like it. But for now, as I drink it at the moment, it's not great. There's wildly... I do have over, like, the price. There's wildly a lot of, like, four to five star reviews on beer. I can't believe how many people are getting trick? on and writing about King Cobra premium malt liquor. The best part, is it a trick? Am I a fool? No. If you're looking for malt liquor, try somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty-five ounce can, very aggressive pour yields a huge head over a beautiful golden body. All Completely right, I- fills my gigantic <laughs> Warsteiner mug. Smells like apples. Tastes is actually decent. Vastly superior to Mickey's. <laughs> well, for comparing to Mickey's. Ah, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll get you. We'll get someone a Mickey's for one of the next times. Oh yeah. All right, guys. Well, that was our stunning review of King Cobra, but more importantly. Our beer of the week, nowhere in particular's the juice down under. A solid double That's IPA great. that it. Zach and I get to wonderfully enjoy. For our second segment, we're going over our first week of college basketball here in the state of Ohio, doing our best of the week for college basketball. Um, all the teams in action, some inter-Ohio matchups already, some inter-Ohio matchups on the way, but we're giving our best of the week in college basketball. Josh, what was your best of the week? Guys, we talked last week that you know there would be a favorite in Ohio from one of the smaller leagues. Sorry, this King Cobra is making my eye twitch right now. <laughs> <laughs> Getting the mouth numb. But his mouth, his mouth's not numb, so we're all right. Um. And we talked about the Vikings of Cleveland State out of the Horizon League being one of those teams, being one of the top teams to beat out there. We also talked about a team in the MAC that isn't favored to win the MAC. They're my favorite to win the MAC. And boy, have they come out firing, looking feisty. They had that convocation center God. pumping in Athens. Damn Ohio. it, Josh! You picked the Bobcats, two and zero. Took down Cleveland State the other night. Cleveland State 0-2, starting off a right. little rough. That's why we need fucking production meetings. Hey, God. sorry, man. I'm Damn it. I thought you were going to pick the, Bob, the Bearcats. All right, sorry. No, no. I was not going to. See, I haven't gotten to watch the Bearcats yeah. a whole lot. S- sorry for the expletive ladies <laughs> <laughs> tirade there. <laughs> I felt so good about that pick. I was like, no one's... You can go more into depth on no, it. I mean, what do you like from them? I mean, I just I'd... think that they, yeah. you know, they played, they played a, they have a lot of, um, you know what they they lost Preston and everything yeah. uh, graduated, but they still have plenty of guys that can step up, um, and and you know play both sides of the ball. I think is that what you is what you're really seeing. You know, there's no superstar really yet, but I think you're seeing just a lot of sound basketball. And oh yeah, in there, you know, I've watched highlights from both of their games, and guys are fired up, man. They got they they're, they're a team with something to prove. I mean. Oh yeah, I think um, coming off that run last year, or you know, coming close to the the Sweet Sixteen, and um, yeah, I think you brought you brought the point. I think a lot of people were questioning without Jason Preston. Um, impressive, by the way. He's he's still he's hanging around with the Rockets. By the way, I was kind of struck by that. Um, but you know, without him, he was kind of that you know point you know point guard, point forward almost, who kind of you know brought up the ball, really took you know all the shots. But you know, like. Vanderplas, all those guys are contributing right away. I was impressed with the um, the Belmont 
Belmont that game. That that's uh, that's a big win. I mean, Belmont's not, a good team. Yeah, I mean, they're a lot that of times was, if I think you look at night, the that was the one of the lowest spreads out there too. They were only it was only a yeah, two but and Belmont's half, kind spread. of if you look at a lot of preseason outside, you know, um, non Power Five or non top school twenty five. I mean, a lot of people are very high on Belmont, so I thought that was um, kind of the more impressive one in my opinion. Um, I would they agree. They kind of handled them. Because they really they played uh, I know points. Belmont right? lost their coach and I can't remember his name, but the the coach that they have is an assistant, and they like to run that kind of frenetic, fast paced game. And you can see ninety two eighty pretty high scoring yeah. for uh, for a, a college basketball game. But they handled it very well. They had one guy who didn't shoot very well, but you look at Marcus Sears went ten of eleven, four of four from three, twenty seven points. I mean, they had two guys with 20 points, and Vanderplas had 19. Yeah. So, you know, having Carter back is obviously huge, but just having the scoring threats, it can come from several different areas. And I think, you know, a lot of guys have senior-related, you know, senior, graduate, or mm-hmm. sixth year, or whatever it is at this point with, with the COVID extra year. But having guys that have been there and have done things on the big state, you know, Carter was at Xavier for a couple of years. Yeah. Vanderplus, you know, was a was a big contributor to a team that, you know, played pretty well in the tournament. So Yeah, uh, I mean they got some size, like you said, a lot of senior late in. I mean and then I mean Greg brought up a good point that I didn't really think about. You know, you're comparing kind of their first two games. Yeah, you got Belmont playing that frenetic, almost, you know, kind of border not quite, but like forty minutes of hell style, and then you turn around and play Cleveland State. Um and somewhat, you know, more of your traditional kind of lower end scoring uh College basketball, you know, 67-56. You know, you can play the half-court game. They show that they can play out in um, transition as well, which, I mean, is only going to, um, you know, to be a good team in basketball, you got to be able to play both, you know, both high, you know, full court and uh, kind of that half-court style. And so, you know, thus far, I, they've looked pretty good. Um, you know, they got Robert Morris, who's always tough coming up. So, yeah, I was very impressed with them. Uh, do you have your, your best of the week, or, or do you need a quick minute while I, I mean i was gonna I, I did pick two so i was i was gonna jump on the bearcats i thought you know starting out two and oh um you know evansville and then obviously the the win over um georgia uh 7368 you know just impressed with it you know that there's no reason to sneeze on georgia a little bit i mean you're not you know complete team but tom crean's a you know solid coach and um i think for you know it's a very good win against a power five team um and I know we don't use that term much in basketball, but it, it still applies, in my opinion, a little bit as far as the talent level, um, size, that kind of stuff. So I thought for you know Wes Miller coming in, I kind of, um, I, I'll admit, I only caught a little bit of uh, that game, so I you know can't speak to fully. You guys might be able to speak more to that, but um, I just thought you know it's it's a good good start to the year two and zero. The the one thing I really like hearing about the Bearcats is that. They seem to have Cincinnati, tr- traditional Cincinnati identity back to, back in them. Mm-hmm. And that was the one thing I wanted to see off the bat and I want to continue to see is that they just get back to their identity, Cincinnati toughness, yeah. that gritty basketball and everything. Well, he and, talked about that, that in the offseason. I thought it was impressive. Right. Yeah, and, he and, right and, you away. know, I, that, I think it was the Evansville game. They held him to 43 points yeah. or something like that. And he said afterwards, we have a long way to go <laughs> on defense. And that that makes me so excited to hear mm-hmm. that. And I also think it's just neat that the Bearcats right now, from top to bottom in those two games, 
just about every single guy on the roster, I feel like, has dished in a couple points. Yeah. yeah. No one's really halt, like, pulling nine, a big load. I think load. they had it's nine great guys. to see that rotation. Yeah. yeah. About 30 minutes in, nine guys had four points or more. Uh, I think the most impressive part of that game is I saw uh, a tweet today by Bearcat Journal's Justin Berg talking about the last, uh, I think it was eight possessions kind of in crunch time. And it was before kind of some missed free throws. Another Cincinnati staple kind of led Georgia <laughs> back into the game. But I want to say it was, you know, um, I think one was an early foul, but out of the five, the seven that they actually got into their offense, um, five were you know, shots at the rim. The other two were pretty open threes. And I didn't think they shot completely. You know, they didn't go up quite as strong as I wanted. And they were still yeah. averaging like 1.1 points per possession. So the offense, even though the execution wasn't perfect, it was still run very well. Mm -hmm. And you can tell that there's a solid basis that, you know, in a lot of these games, they'd let games get away from them. They couldn't score when they needed to. And I feel like they really have that ability under Wes Miller because it seems at least as far as a what offense he wants to run in crunch time, yeah. it's, it seems to be very well run and very well you know, coached from an X's and O's uh, so point not, of view. Yeah, I mean, it's not a good start for the yeah, West Miller error. And, um, yeah, I was impressed with that. I, you know, I, you especially with the... Um, we, we went over all year. We're not going to dig back into it, but obviously with the transfers and the whole Brandon thing and kind of yeah. this mismatch of a team he kind of has this year, I just... It's a it's a good sign for Bearcats fans. So look, any man that has the Bearcat eyes tattooed on his chest, I trust that man with the team. Jeremiah Davenport's gonna be a star by the end of this year, <laughs> but I trust Wes Miller too. I mean, <laughs> I, I was mean, initially I was like, Does I Wes mean, Miller? no, Wes Miller I, doesn't. Yeah, I know. That's what I initially <laughs> as thought. Far as, like, I know, as far as I know, as far as he's never know. leaving this job. Then <laughs> I mean, that was, yeah. that's the other thing. You know, I've seen him pretty calm, cool, and collected. You know, through the off season, but mm -hmm. to see him out there fired up and to yeah. see him raving about the I atmosphere, I think he's got a little more Cronin he had, in uh, than. He had uh, Hansborough out there the other night. Uh, yep. In the Georgia game, in Hansborough the Georgia was... Game, yeah. uh, Psycho so T to, was sitting over by the yeah. UC bench. Yeah, so you're starting to see some of those really? oh, wow. Carolina connections Psycho come in. Team. and uh, it, It's, it's going to be cool to watch how he transforms this program. Well, guys, I actually... I, I was say, who do you got? Two shout-outs, too. My first one uh, goes to the team that probably got the, the biggest upset win of the week. The Miami Redhawks going into Atlanta, yeah. beating a tournament, the team that actually won the ACC tournament last year in Georgia yeah. Tech, uh, beat them seventy-two sixty-nine. Yeah. Josh Pastner train is in, uh, you know, in Atlanta. Um, Larry had twenty-three points, including a uh, uh, offensive rebound and a putback layup to get the team for the, you know, get the team to win. Uh, you know, this Miami team. You know, they were a decent team, uh, you know, a while ago. I mean, you, you really have to go, you know, back to, uh, oh, my gosh. Someone got to play there in the 90s who was a former Cav. Not Stoyakovich, but something <laughs> along those lines. Um, team's been kind of down, you know, not picked picked middle of the pack in the MAC, but getting a huge mm -hmm. win over the jacket, over the Yellow Jackets like this is is huge for them. So, Wally Zerbiak. There, there's the there name. There you go, Wally Zerbiak. There we go. There's the name. But uh, just a pretty complete performance. But you know, didn't shoot the ball particularly well. You know, only forty percent, six of thirty-one from three. But played really good defense against Georgia Tech. And 
stayed in the game the whole way. And it's one of those things you can oh, yeah. hang around and then they come back and they get a comfortable win, you know, against an inferior opponent in Lamar, but still, uh, you know, a 30 point win against them. They have a matchup here in a uh, couple weeks. They have Stetson and Western Illinois and a couple of lower division teams, but then they host Cincinnati in Oxford uh, December 1st, so that could be an interesting game. My last shout-out actually goes to a team that didn't win but put up a, a heck of a performance. I was watching the end of this game, and you know I'm not a huge fan of either team, but I was on the edge of my seat just like... Every twist and turn, you're just sitting there. What the Akron zips? Oh yeah, zipping it up. Yeah, uh-huh. why haven't we talked about this, Zach? Explain, explain yourself and your your Buckeyes. What the hell? What what hey, was that? Hey, they're up forty right now in Bowling Green. This was the upset alert game, by the oh, way. Bowling Green. That's true. Last year, Bowling Green did what Akron did the other night. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, honestly, uh, I hey, first of all. When we did our, pre- our previews, did I not say there's going to be some fits and starts here with those Ohio State teams about young in certain positions or a lot of transfers? Um, I was impressed with Akron, honestly. Uh, you know, they were, they were a fun team, I think. Um, with Ali, is it Ali? Ali? Yeah, Ali. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ali, I love that name. Um, you know, they came out balling. And that's, that's the thing I think you can say with a lot of these Mac schools, though. They're not afraid. You know, Mac's kind of more of a basketball conference, if you think about it. They're, they're, they don't they don't shy away from those big games and yeah I mean I wasn't really surprised they kind of took it to high state especially who look at times lethargic and kind of out of sync on the offensive end yeah and you, I mean you take a look at their offense you know aside of uh, Liddell who who had a great game oh yeah but Liddell game. and Key you know you have uh, two starters who you know their only points were from the free throw line yep. uh, you know and Aaron's you know aside of Liddell yeah. and Key the rest of their starters put up thirteen Aaron's points. Is, yeah he's Looking like a one-trick pony. Oh, he's got eight points or 11 points right now. But, uh, yeah, I mean, looking at, you know, some of the guys, uh, Castaneda hit some big threes, and that Ali Ali three, that oh, the yeah. four-point play the four where point he just play stands back. I will say, one of the more impressive, th- as much as, you know, you may want to ha-ha at Ohio State, that Holtman play at the very end. Yeah. They get him across half court, call the timeout, three seconds left. Run some motion, get two guys to the guy at the top exactly. of the key, dump See, it that's down the, the key, big, and that's an easy. I've bucket. always been a huge Thad Mata fan, but I've always told Ohio State fans who are somewhat a little bit frustrated with Holtman thus far. Give it time. This man is a much the, the big di- Holtman or Mata was a great recruiter. Holtman is a great tactician, and that was what always held Ohio State back, in my opinion. The term is Mata was not a great tactician. That play right there is a perfect example. If it was Mata, he would have thrown it in to Evan Turner and be like, go dribble around and throw something up from 40 feet. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know if Liddell was playing late in that game. I think he was. He fell out yeah, he on the alley. That's the right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Because they said without Liddell. So, you know, maybe you throw it into Key and have him, or, you know, He's throw it into a... Aaron's and have him chuck something up. But, yeah. you know, I mean, Walton, Ali, Ali, they've been, a, you know, a solid team. If you want to talk about Maction, Mac basketball is where it's at. That Mac is basketball fun. Mac is fun. Ba- yeah, it's fun. And it's good basketball. Unlike Mac football, which is fun, but at times not it's pretty hard, to watch yeah. and pretty wild. Mac basketball is good, fun basketball. And guys, if you want a look at, you know, little Mac versus Horizon action, obviously you got Ooh, the OU, yeah. Cleveland State. Middle of December, the Zips head to the Nutter Center. 
to face oh, Wright hey. State. There you go. So uh, big weekend by or big week by a lot of Ohio teams putting some effort out there. You've seen it in the past couple. You know, I remember what was it, 2012? Four Ohio teams in the Sweet 16. Yep. Maybe not expecting that, but I think Ohio's going to make some more noise than you've seen in the last couple I of years. I think so, too. So uh, be on the lookout. A fun year of college basketball coming up in Ohio and a fun couple weeks coming up here. Well, we're just a week or two away from Feast Week and some, uh, yeah. some big tournaments and games, so a lot to look forward to. All right, guys. What is brewing in Ohio Normally, normally, I would have news, updates, cool brews that are provided to us from the blog at ohiocraftbeer.org. A great place to go if you're ever wondering. Follow them at social media, uh, on social media, at ohiocraftbeer. That's where we would normally do. I don't know if you guys know this, but today is a big day in 30 Rack of Sports history. This is our 75th episode of the show. Oh! 75th episode. Uh, and I don't know about you guys, but I never thought we'd be at 75 episodes after drunkenly coming up with this idea. I never thought we'd be at seven and a half I never episodes. thought I would yeah. voluntarily hang out with you guys 75 times. So. I know. It's amazing. <laughs> so I wanted to uh, give us a little look-see here, and I'll post this on our, so- our social media, at 30 Rack of Sports. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. But what I'm showing the guys right now is our first, you might have seen it if you've been following us for a while, uh, our beer map, where we've been um, in Ohio of all the breweries. And this one has our first 15 or so on it. It was the first one we ever did. And you'll notice that it's mainly just Cincinnati. We did one in Dayton at the time. Uh, I think we'd only done two in Columbus, two in Athens, and three in Cleveland. And this is what it looks like now. Um, we are on to today uh, from nowhere in particular, our brewery of the week, our beer of the week. Ah, we uh, got to get some Toledo. We got to get our, like Portsmouth or something this down is there. This Zanesville. Does Portsmouth have anything? Uh, yeah, no, we still no. got some sections missing, but we've really filled out yeah. uh, more of, even if in some areas it's more sparse, filled it out. That is uh, today yeah. with nowhere in particular our 62nd brewery that we have visited in 75 episodes. Uh, and just to keep us updated on the uh, Grainworks was the latest to, to join this. Uh, uh, I don't know if I want to call it a Hall of Fame or, or what, <laughs> but the, uh, the, multi, the multi list, you've been on the show multiple times. Uh, Rheingeist and Jackie O's both lead the way. Uh, they're the only ones that have been on three times. Uh, one of Ryan Geist's was a out-of-Ohio collaboration from Kansas City that we did. Jackie O's also was one of the collaboration mm-hmm. with Little Fish, an yeah. Athens collaboration there. Mad Tree, Sonder, and Grainworks, and Tafts all have two appearances. We only Tafts. got one Ryan Geist? Huh? We've only done Ryan Geist once. Ryan Guys three times. Oh, sorry, Ryan Guys. Yeah, Ryan Guys three three times. Jackie O's three times. Mad Tree, Sonder, most recently Grainworks, and Tafts. We've all done twice. Tafts was our first ever one that we did. Yeah. Way long ago. But uh, 
yeah, we need to get some more out there. And Portsmouth guys... has a brewery called Portsmouth Brewing Company. I, I don't I see, see him on go. the Ohio Craft Brewing map. I see Chill Coffee has one, and uh, that's a pretty dope building. Yeah, Jackson I mean, has we're going to post our own map here of where we've been, but if you want to see all the possibilities of where we could go, uh, there is this awesome map, and you can yeah, see but... all the breweries that have been pl- that are Look in that planning. Whoa. Oh, Hell, that's cool. Yeah. You can see all the breweries that are in planning, um, all the breweries that are under construction, about to open, those are that are doing delivery. Very cool map at ohiocraftbeer.org. Speaking of that map, guys, can you take a stab here? Bonus question of what's brewing Ohio. Yep. What percentage of Ohio breweries as of this year, and this is as of, I think, May of this year, May of 2021, when yep. I took this count, what percentage of breweries in Ohio have we had on the show? Oh, the percentage six. Uh, 12. <sighs> Greg is closest. We've had just under 17% of breweries in Ohio. Uh, we've had, this is our 62nd one. Uh, that is out of 366 breweries that are open and in Ohio. Counting, and counting. And counting. That was a, that earlier this year. I'm Bet you there's at least a handful of new ones. There's many more in planning. And I Why don't we of, start a brew? What are we, I do, right, I know. Are we, we always say that. Show? We always say that. Well, I I'm dead serious. Of, we should start a brewery. I mean, there's name, a place called Dungeon Hollow Brewing. Hells Man. yes. Where's that at? See, we gotta it's take it. right near Steubenville. Ah. Steubenville. Steubenville. You know what? Go we'll, see your Stubers. Maybe this next year we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get some 30 rack on the road. Yeah, Since we we're going to open a show. 30 rack brewery apparently in the next few years, we got to go we'll 30 like rack on the road. We got to particular. We'll just travel yeah. around, yeah. make beers, sell it under the highway. Exactly. Those are his words too. I know. But, I saw uh, <laughs> that. I want to meet this dude, by the way. Oh. Me too. Uh, those 62 breweries also, aside from two of them, are all independent Ohio craft brewers. Nice. Um, the two others being, we did Sam Adams Brewery. We did an actual show on Sam Adams. And then I am counting when we did our first ever Christmas show and we all had uh, Bud Light. Yeah. Why did we yeah. do Bud Light? I forget. Anheuser-Busch. Brutus um, Brood in Columbus. Oh, I think that was, yeah, okay. I, I think that was, uh, I think that was just poor the, planning. Yeah, no. I can't remember why we did that. Or no, you know what it was? We were doing two shows in that day we were doing That's the one right. where we yeah. were doing uh, yeah like we did our four beer different beers yeah. our holiday we did the, beer the countdown, countdown. Yeah. yeah 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 uh but yeah that's uh that's what's brewing in ohio is 75 episodes of us talking sports drinking beer and there's no place i'd rather do it than here in ohio Our third segment of the show, we're going to Cleveland. We're talking Cavs. I may be the only one excited about this, but hey, we're man, talking I'm, Cavs. I'm excited. I mean, I'm excited, I'm excited. and I'll be excited in February when basketball season starts. Uh, so far for the Cavs, sitting at nine and five, four seed in the East, currently four and one in games decided by three points or less, five and four versus teams uh, with a record over 500, four and one versus bad teams under 500 so playing well there um winning record both home and on the road and their opponents points per game 101.3 is the best in the east and the second best in the nba right now they are on pace 
to finish about 53 and 29, which would be their best record since 2015, 2016. That was a good year for Cleveland basketball. <laughs> and their best record by a team without LeBron James on it since the 92-93 season. They lost in the Eastern Conference semis. Some fellow was on the other team. Never heard of a, a Jordanan guy or something like that. Never heard of him. Never heard of him. So, and, you know, the last three games have been doing it without Colin Sexton, who's out, you know, four to six weeks with a torn meniscus. So, Josh, taking a look at this team, the Cavs, are they for real? I think they are for real. And I, I know it might shock a lot of people, but there's this uh, Evan Mobley fella. Heard of him? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Out of if USC. You heard of, if you haven't heard of him, by now you're gonna you're gonna hear about him uh i mean this guy seems to be the real deal um you know keep 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 in mind i'm i'm a casual nba fan you know i, I, kinda I don't root, know what that is i kind of root for the cats just just for just for greg's yeah. uh mental health uh but teetering usually but i have not heard this kind of hype about a basketball player in ohio in quite some time and i think the difference the difference maker has shown up in Cleveland. That's what I, I that's what I'm seeing right here is that is that you have a true difference maker on both sides of the ball and mm-hmm. a guy that has I quite honestly I'm surprised we're not hearing about it more because this Cavs team has has had some injuries. Has had some injuries. Has had a brutal schedule. One yeah. that one that Two or three episodes ago, we did a whole thing on how fucked up their schedule was, how hard it was going to be, how brutal it was going to be, and how, how just, I was hoping for a win out of five. Just, and how just, what the fuck, who made this schedule? Like, <laughs> wow, what? Uh, and they've conquered it. They've conquered it all, man. I mean, they're nine and five with injuries, with a young team, one of the youngest, if not, I believe, the youngest team in the NBA. And they have gone on the road in tough places, won games, won games commandingly, and have flashed superstar power that you have not seen in Cleveland since. What? Oh, what are you going to say? 2015, 2016? That was like a Star Wars thing where Darth Vader goes since. Trails off. Boo, we're not children. Keep <laughs> but, uh... Since, uh, what was his name? LeBron James. LeBron James. LeBron James. James. But, I mean, looking at, as you mentioned, some of the injuries, you know, there's Sexton, who's missed some games. Uh, Laurie Markin missed a number of games in the health and safety protocol. Uh, Isaac Okoro, their their top five pick from last year, missed some games early in the season. You know, today they're playing the Celtics, who they just came back from a 19-point deficit to beat. Uh, You know, a couple days ago, they're playing them again. Uh, their starting lineup, uh, no Jared Allen, uh, you know, no Colin Sexton, uh, no Laurie Markkinen. So you have, you know, Okoro in and, and some some differing guys, but they're still able to find a way to get it done. Uh, I mean, that duo, that Garland Mobley duo, has been, you know, has been tough for other teams. Garland, seventeen points, seven assists. Mobley, sixteen points, eight rebounds, two assists, a block and a half, and a steal per game. He's been a guy that can do it all all over the court. Uh, he's been able to show that he can play with other bigs. Him and Allen have been ridiculous down low, you know, erasing shots, 
causing teams to take difficult shots, finally getting a defense that's, I mean, so far really good. Yeah. But in, I mean, in the past, I was just hoping for a playable defense. Man. So if they can even keep up an average defense, that's a huge step forward for yeah. this team. I mean, Rick, Ricky fucking Rubio. <laughs> a guy who slick uh, Rick, slick Rick, uh, you know, kind of, to me, at least, coming back from the dime. I remember he when he came cheers, to... He was my cheers last week because I said... I forgot I about that. I, I just didn't remember, know the guy had it in him. And he you know, just, the, the T-Wolves drafted him. He didn't come over for a while. It was a big deal. And he came... I, yeah. He hasn't um, run out of the gas. No. Yeah, it's impressive. Um, now, I was joking with Gray for and I was like, they're not going to make the playoffs. I, I don't buy it. I don't... I, I'm going to sell... They finished with the four seed. I don't... I think Here's, that's a bit too high for... A, it's a long season. You... It's a thing. You got a yeah, lot I'll of young you, guys. I'll, I'll let you finish okay. your thing on the cast. A lot of young guys. Those eighty-two games stack up. Um, but I, I mean, I think if you're a Cavs fan, you know, looking over the numbers, looking over, you know, the league, you're excited. You got, you got a lot of. Uh, here's what I've always said. You don't. They got, they got a lot of nice pieces, right? A lot of nice pieces that are. Bickerstaff and that group are kind of putting that together. Uh, Kobe Altman, who's taken some crap over the years. I mean, starting to come together. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing you're seeing the vision a little bit. They got Mobley, but then they also got Jared Allen. How many teams got two big guys, two two legit centers who can contribute in kind of different ways? I mean, obviously Mobley coming out. Some people thought unlikely, but I mean, you know, first round talent. But I mean, number one pick talent. I mean. Potentially, yeah. um, and you know, the crazy thing about he him was is the number one high school recruit, right? Number, the crazy thing about him is he's still raw. Let's be real; he's still raw. Like he's still forming into his game, and he's contributing now. Um, you know, I, I've obviously always been on, was big on Colin Sexton again. That natural, they draft a lot of natural athletes, and they're trying to get them to develop them, mold them in. And, and I think they're going to see that now. And I think they're going to have a really good season. I think it's going to be a big uptick from past seasons. Not buying the four seed, but I, I'd buy playoffs, sure. Well, the one thing is, yeah, maybe, I mean, you got to look with the way the NBA put them screwing around with everything, you know. Maybe a play-in tournament. Right. I think the top 10 teams get in for something like that. Josh, what are your thoughts? Cause you seem to be shaking your head. So, yeah, I, I want to ch- ask Zach a question here. Who, who, in, the, who in the Eastern Conference, of, other, than, other than maybe an obvious top three, who do you see that the Cavs would struggle with in the playoffs beyond beyond the obvious? Wait, wait, to make the playoffs? I'm, I'm talking about, I'm talking about they seeding. The I'm not talking about who they're playing I, in the I playoffs. See, I, I see them as the four seed. I, I think they can keep I mean, I, I'm pretty high on the Bulls. Um, I still think, even with the weird stuff with the Nets, I still think talent at I still think... they're ahead, I mean, they're ahead of the Cavs. Right yeah, now, I still think the Nets... Um, I like the Hawks. I'm not. I'm not putting them down. I just think four seat. I'd be great. If they finish fourth. I'm thinking like more like six to seven. What? Okay. It's uh, a long season with I, a young team. I, I, yes. It's a young team. Eighty-two games piles up on. It's the same thing, and you see in baseball. Same thing you see in football. Young teams at different points kind of wear down a little bit with the well, longer schedule. I'm just saying. Yeah. And I think you you kind of look at the teams up here, and I think. Washington being nine and three, I think it's kind of an aberration. Yeah, I, I don't. The buy Cavs that. being nine and five is maybe a little bit overstated. But you look, you have the Nets, who you expect to see in there, the Heat and the Seventy Sixers. Those yeah. are three teams in the top six. You can see exactly the Celtics. You have to imagine they get things together. They just have too much talent. 
the Bucks. Josh isn't buying any. Are very good teams. Yeah. And then, I mean, you know, some of these other teams you could say you're probably fighting with. I, I don't know how the Bulls hold up first season as well. I think they're in a similar... You no, know, they're in a similar. I just really like them. I think yeah. they've got a little bit more of a veteran... Yeah, they have DeRozan and whatnot. Not quite super, but yeah, that kind of upper level. Now, I think uh, depth is a big question with the Bulls, which is fair if we're talking a long season. If they lose one of those guys, that's a bigger question. That's what I but, think when you look at the long season, when you look at when it gets down to you know seeding importance. And, and Greg, Greg can attest to this when we were talking about the Cavs a couple weeks ago. I said that if any injuries happen to this team, then they're dead. It's not out of the question. Mm-hmm. They've already proved me wrong on that. And I think when you have a team like this, a bunch of young guys trying to play for their spot in the league, and you got some of these other teams that, you know, like the Bulls and the Knicks, that the depth might not be there all the way. Yeah. Uh, and then you have teams like like Brooklyn and Philly. I mean, I just think I think the East so is kind of balanced right now, though. I yeah. think I think I think the East is balanced. Like I I think. I think the, the Knicks Celtics. look a lot better than they the have Celtics in years. I'm not saying they're they're going to be a top seed or make a run, but they're they're much more solid. Um, the Hornets. I think you got a lot of teams with some upside in the East. Is my point. I just don't. I think right now the Cavs. Are, I'm not. I do think they'll make the playoffs. I would be sh- with this kind of start. I mean, we'll see where they are does. in another month, but I'll be shocked if you know if they're not towards the top. There. I'm just saying. I don't know. Four four seems a bit high to me. Yeah, and I, that's I, kind of a high expectation. And I, to hold on to that for the whole year. And I think you look at some of these teams that are going to turn it up. You know, Milwaukee's dealt with some injuries. Mm-hmm. I kind of see them in that, yeah, kind of that five to eight range. Yeah. You know, there's kind of that cream of the crop that you're going to see rise. But, you know, the Knicks have been up and down. The Hornets, who knows? Bulls are probably, you know, Wizards, I yeah. expect to see drop some. And I think that kind of Cavs, Bulls, Knicks, Hornets, you know, maybe throw in the Pacers or the Hawks, all kind of fighting in there. But the other thing is, I don't, you know, I think if they can get to, you know, 42 and 40, I think there are seven or six, like, I don't think there's going to be a team that's going to be, you know, I mean, every team has at least three losses and Washington's played a lot less games than most of the other teams. Yeah. You know, I don't think you're going to see these, like, 65 and 17 teams you know i think you're gonna see teams every team with at least 20 losses probably most maybe barely any teams with 60 plus wins yeah so i think you're gonna see a lot of teams in that 50 40s range and you know it's the difference of a couple games probably between whether you're the seven seed or or mm-hmm. you know the seven or eight seed or the four or five seed i mean so. i i'm i'll give you this as a guy who Really into the NBA till, yeah. I followed obviously the Cavs year that one year. Obviously, a lot you know the 15, 16 LeBron came back. But I mean, before that, I mean, I kind of fell out probably twenty twelve. Yep, it was just not fun anymore. I you know I I'm finally the interest is creeping back in because I look at this league and I look across even in the West. Obviously, I, I think there's just so much parity right now that it, it's much more. And I agree. That's kind of back piggyback on what you're saying. I think there's so much parity on both ends that it's. I mean, I think the Cavs are a team that you're not going to want to face in the play. I think there's a lot of teams. I mean, I think you could see some interesting playoffs and an interesting season where you're not having. Yeah, you know these teams with 
10 to teens losses. Yeah. I think, I think there's a lot of parity across the entire league for once. And that's, that's fun. That's good for the sport. Yeah. And I think you, you look back, you know, even last year, you didn't quite have the full season, but you know, you had a Hawks team kind of come out of nowhere, mm-hmm. almost make it to the finals. And you yeah. almost had a Hawks, you know, Suns final, right. which was on nobody's radar. No. You know, when you look at, you know, the Clippers and the Lakers yeah. and, and the jazz and all this stuff. And the Nug- but, who knows if you could get them in? You know, I think at this point, getting you don't have into that the playoff team. There's kind yeah. of that changing of the guard as far as you know. LeBron's older, uh, Katie's older. Some injuries have kind of taken them their toll on them, and you don't have these super yeah. teams anymore. Ky- who knows where Kyrie is? He's probably fell off the the flat Earth at this point. Um, yeah, I just think it's fun. But I, I mean, I think it's great for Cleveland. I'm all in. I buy them. So uh, we'll see how the Cavs do. Uh, let us know. If they at- tank, Greg's going to blow. His mind's going to explode. Uh, I which mean, is just good fun for Josh and I as well. Mobley yeah. and the Cavs <laughs> in seven. It, it, it'll, be, it'll, be a fun, uh, it'll be a fun time to watch me slowly slip back into darkness. So let us know. Do you think the Cavs are a playoff team? Yes. At 30 Rack of Sports, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. To wrap up our show... Uh, we're going to do, as we always do, give a quick cheers to the crowd. Um, first off, want to give a shout out to everyone who listens to 30 Rack of Sports. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, just a quick note, uh, we do have a Friday show this week. We're talking a little bit college football. We're getting you set for the last two weeks because next week we will not be recording. It's Thanksgiving week. We're going to be full of uh, turkey and probably some Ohio beer and and enjoying our team. So no shows next week, but we will have a show Friday to get you primed for the last two weeks of college football. So want to make sure that once again, shout out to everybody that listens and also shout out to nowhere in particulars, the juice down under Uh, Zach and I have really enjoyed this beer. Big time. Uh, Big time. uh, It's it's a heavy beer, but it's been a really, really good beer. So uh, I've really enjoyed it. Also, uh, Josh, Sounds like the King Cobra has been treating you well. <laughs> yeah. You got all worked yep. up on that uh, basketball uh, segment. That's, yeah, it's working. Yeah. It's yeah. working you through got me, him. You got me shouting about the It's working through him. So uh, I, I guess, Josh, we'll start with you then <laughs> to get our individual shout outs on this show. Oh, no. I thought he was going to throw up. He's going to pass out <laughs> here. He's going to be choking. Uh, Josh, <laughs> who are you shouting out for this wonderful show? Guys, I'm shouting out an old friend of the show. He'd be so glad that we are 75 episodes. His beer, the namesake, he's the namesake of one of the first beers we ever had on the show. And he is featured. He is the host. He says he named this group. He is the host of a brand new album available now from, uh, the band is called Silk Sonic. Uh, It's a duo between, you may have heard of these guys, Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack. Fantastic stuff. A great listen. Um, but the album is hosted a fan. by my cheers, Bootsy Collins. Ooh. Uh, oh, Bootsy, good pal, Bootsy. Bootsy uh, hosts the album. He uh, is even featured on one of the songs. Uh, and on another song, he even offers uh, us fellows some advice from, as he refers to himself, Uncle Bootsy. Uncle so that Uncle was a Bootsy. that was a great Bootsy. listen today from our old podcast friend uh, Bootsy Collins, and uh, I'll have to go to Fretboard and get me a Bootsy IPA here soon. 
There we go. All right. Zach, who are you shouting out on this fine Monday night? Uh, I'm going to shout out my boy, true freshman, Travion Henderson this weekend. Uh, only the fifth true freshman for Ohio State running back to uh, eclipse 1,000 yards. Um, pretty close. Uh, J.K. Dobbins obviously has a record. Maurice Claret, Robert Smith, and one Mike Weber um, are currently the ahead of him. Um, don't know if he'll catch J.K. He could, 1,400 yards. Uh, but, you know, very easily could eclipse Maurice Claret, who even tweeted this weekend, it's all over. Uh, he's going to catch him at 1237, I'd have to imagine. So shout out to the stud from Hopewell, Virginia, coming to Ohio, Travion Henderson Five. all day. <laughs> so uh, what are you going to shout out? I, I, I can't believe no one shouted out. First off, I want to shout out Desmond Ritter. The all-time mm, UC oh, yeah. passing oh, yeah, record yeah. holder. Hey, don't 80, look at me. Look at him. He's, 87. He's I didn't get to Bearcats watch it. Gear over here. 87 I passing touchdowns. Uh, passing, honestly, like probably my favorite ben Bearcat, <laughs> Gino Gadouli. His, his brother Ben was the tight end. Yeah. I was there and yeah. Yeah. Uh, Passing that. Gino for the uh, all-time lead. You know, should have had that upset in 2002. I'm sure we all remember that. Uh, nope, no, nope, but uh, shout out to, to him. I mean, he's been a you know an awesome quarterback. I remember when he burst on the scene as a redshirt freshman, leading us back against uh, UCLA uh, in the Rose Bowl for his first game. Gino, uh, sorry, he's a QB coach, yeah, he's a QB yeah. coach there now. Yeah. I couldn't remember if he's QB, yeah, yep. And then also, my second shout out, I'm amazed you didn't steal this one, Whoa, Zach. Doubling up, uh, shout out to the land down under. As we're doing the Australian DIPA, Australia taking down their neighbors to the east, New Zealand, one seventy three and two to one seventy two and four with seven balls remaining. Can't you hear? Can't you hear that thunder? (laughs) To win the twenty twenty one T twenty Cricket World Cup. You know, I had a ton of money on New Zealand, so Greg, that sounds like upset about it. Pretty upset about it. Uh, Put the house up. Troy doesn't know about it yet. You know, it's a big deal. I think New Zealand was plus money. So it sounds like some men at work right there. Uh, New Zealand's first 2020 World Cup win in the seven times the uh, event has been held. Uh, They also hold the 2022 2020 World Cup, so they'll be back. Defending their title Hey-o. next year. If you're into some slightly faster-paced cricket, Australia? Australia. But you said New Zealand won. No, Australia beat New Zealand. I was going to say, I was confused you, you about just, that, too. You just, yeah, I know. You no, said that, no, and then no. as you were talking, no, you were saying New Zealand's no. first World Cup. Well, he was focused on the bowler, because yeah. New Zealand, I'm pretty sure, is good in bowling, but there's a bowler in cricket, but Australia won cricket exactly. over the bowler with their bowler, even though New Zealand has a bowling team. But we're talking How about many, Australia. The, the number of sixes that they had. Okay. They had uh, we're done. See you guys later. Sixes, seven out. sixes. This <laughs> we're is done. Sixes. Of we're 30. done. We're cutting it off. King All right, Cobra we got to. Yeah, we got to cut off Mr. King Cobra. All right. <laughs> so once again, for our final shout outs, thank you so much for listening to another edition of Thirty Rack of Sports. For Zach on the opinions, good, bad, or otherwise. <laughs> See ya. For Josh on the ones and twos, and heavy on the King Cobra. Go Cobra. <laughs> I'm Greg. Thank you so much for listening to another edition of Thirty Rack of Sports. Peace.